0: This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody! Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. I hope you're having a great day. I'm excited to bring you another episode from one of the top three finishers at Grandma's Marathon, none other than Sarah Sellers. Sarah ran a 225.43, placing second at Grandma's this year. In May, she ran the Pittsburgh Half Marathon, placing third in a time of 71.51. In this episode, we talk about Grandma's, why she chose that race, how the race went down for her, Um, We also talk about life after Boston 2018, when she placed second in that race, what that looked like, and then we get to hear about her pregnancy and postpartum experience. It was a joy and honor to catch up with Sarah. She's got a lot of big things going on in her life right now, which she'll share about in the podcast. If you all aren't already following along Sarah and her story, you can find her on Instagram she is sarah underscore sellers over there go give her some love this episode of the podcast is supported by relay Run Co, the best athletic wear around i am pretty much obsessed with the rachel short i just don't feel like i can say anything else other than it's perfect it doesn't move around it's the perfect length and it is my go-to short right now they have a cute matching sports bra as well the belmont bra and ann mazer who is the founder of relay runco i actually just interviewed her again to do a catch-up episode. I had interviewed with her um, right after she qualified for the Olympic trials. So we catch up about life post-Olympic marathon trials and also we hear all about Relay Run Co., which I always love hearing from entrepreneurs. It is one of my favorite things. So I'm going to get that episode out real soon. But if you want to go support Anne, she's amazing. Go to RelayRunCo.com and you can use the code ANOTHER at checkout and that will get you 15% off your first order. And Anne is an animal lover and donates 1% of all of her profits to animal rescue. Uh, all right, friends, leave us a rating and review if you love the show. That means a lot to me. We give away a pair of Gooder sunglasses every month to a new person who's left a rating and review. All right. Tomorrow, we've got Dakota Lindworm coming out. Enjoy my conversation with Sarah Sellers. Well, today on I'll Have Another Podcast, we have Sarah Sellers returning to the show. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks, Lindsay. How are you?
1: Really good. How are you doing?
0: Pretty good. I'm excited to talk to you and hear all about grandmas. And honestly, I was thinking about it and I was like, man, I know we talked in New York City um, before the 2018 New York City Marathon. We were doing something with Jen Ucam, but before that, it was right after you won Boston. And so, so much has happened in your life.
1: Yeah. that's uh, Grew a baby. That was probably the biggest thing.
0: (laughs) Big deal. Yeah. So, grandmas. First, let's start with this. Why did you decide to run grandmas? Uh,
1: It's always kind of been a bucket list race for me. And I was looking for a spring marathon. Um, Boston was an option but I wanted to run fast time and having experienced weather that didn't was not conducive to fast times in the past um, I wanted to go somewhere that had a higher likelihood of being good weather and yeah it was mostly timing and I knew I always wanted to run grandma's so it was just really fit in well
0: you all had a really great competitive field as well like you had a great group of people up there with you yeah, it was.
1: I was really excited and nervous seeing the start list because um, I think my time was, I don't know, probably seventh or so going in. But even a lot of the women who had times a little bit slower than my PR, um, I knew they were ready to run faster than the times they'd put down. So that made it exciting.
0: I love there's a picture. I think it's one of the ones you posted of you with Dakota and a couple of the ladies. And you guys look like you're just like – chatting it up, smiling, having a good time.
1: Yeah. I I would like to know what we were talking about then. Cause I saw that picture and yeah, it's, I've always said that the first few miles of the marathon are, they can be really fun because I feel like it's the only race I've been in where you can just, you feel really good. Like you're all tapered and you're not going hard yet and you're just having fun.
0: Yeah. You guys all had the biggest smiles on your face. I was like, Man, they're about to be in some major pain here in like an hour or so, and they're just like soaking up this moment.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was was really fun to run together like that.
0: 2.25.43, which was a massive PR, but I was doing some digging and I'm like, dang, you know, you had a really strong Olympic trials marathon as well. And, you know, since then I've had a baby and have had the whole postpartum comeback, but... Um your Olympic trials was also a super stellar race.
1: Thanks. I was actually really happy with that race. I think that was the first marathon that I was happy with since Boston 2018. Um I felt like yeah, even though I at the Olympic trials I PR'd by 1 second, but <laughs> it was a hard-fought second. Um my PR prior to the trials was from Chicago and like perfect weather, flat course. So um yeah PRing in at the trials I felt like was really it was a really strong race for me and um I was really happy with kind of my effort and um I let the front pack go at the trials which is really hard to do because it was a huge front pack I, I don't even know 30 women maybe more um and it's always scary to make that gamble and let people go but um I I think it paid off. I I still question, you know, what I've done better if I had hung on to the pack, but I don't know. I I think I may have blown up. So
0: it's so hard to know looking back and you, you really were, I mean, you said in your recap, like I was trying to be the person picking up the carnage, like passing the people that were really slowing down. And you really did that. Um, And, you know, I don't know this answer, but I'd like to know. How many people actually ran a PR at that race? It can't be very many.
1: Yeah, I have no idea. That that would be really interesting to find out.
0: Yeah, that course is insane.
1: Yeah, I was I I definitely think that that was the hardest. I mean, New York, Boston. I I think the trials was a harder course than any of those.
0: And the wind that
1: day. Yeah, the wind, the U turns, the hills. I mean, it they did an amazing job. It's in like zero, wouldn't have changed anything, yeah. but definitely. It was, a, it was a hard course.
0: Tell me about that like two year time frame between Boston and then where like you had all that media attention and it was like second place at the Boston Marathon out of essentially nowhere. And then you kind of got to probably have some peace to yourself for a little bit. Like how did you process all those things?
1: Yeah, I think it it definitely took me a while to kind of settle into um, running I, I still ran my own races, but I think um, I didn't race very well for a while after Boston, and um, who knows why that is? I think in retrospect, I was um, I wasn't running my easy days as easy as I should. Um, and I was kind of trying to force it um, where like force it in workouts, force it in races. Um, I remember uh, I think it was a half marathon in Philly. Um, while I was riding up um, on the bus up to the race start, and I was riding next to Dot, um, who runs her books, Hansons, and uh, she, we were just chatting, and she mentioned, or she, she talked about how, and I was really nervous for this half, and she just seemed really chill about it, and she said um, something about that, um, you know, in a half, it's it's not a full, but it's it's long enough that you shouldn't, you, you don't force it to, like, hmm. You just kind of let the pace come to you. And, um, I feel like that mindset, uh, like it took me a while to incorporate that. But once I started doing that, I think things started turning around and yeah. And just not worrying like right after Boston, I kind of thought, you know, this on the one hand, it was like, I just won the lottery. Like how many people wish they could just train hard for one Boston and then like come in second. Like I just, I didn't really feel like I deserved it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I trained hard, but it's not like, you know, like I wasn't as talented as many people who haven't gotten second. I had not trained for many years. Like, um, I felt like I just won the lottery and that, um, I now had this, I don't know this. I felt like other people, there were people who wanted to see me, show that it was a fluke you know like mm. oh she just ran 236 at boston the next year so see the like in good weather so last year it was all a fluke so mm. uh, long answer to say that i felt like at the olympic trials i was really able to like train well um train really healthy and then race to the best of what i had that day and i was really happy with that
0: you know, a couple things there too. I feel like you still kind of flew under the radar at the trials too, coming in 11th, because I think, I feel like people focus on that top 10 a lot, but like you were right yeah. there. Um, and also, I was talking to my husband about this. Uh, I think it was yesterday when I was talking about, you know, uh, me interviewing you today. And I said, I feel like grandma's is like such a breakthrough moment for you because you had the Boston. But it wasn't obviously a fast race. It was miserable conditions and all those things you just said. But he was like, yeah, but she proved in Boston that she knows how to suffer. And a lot of people couldn't do that, like couldn't match the amount you were willing to suffer that day in Boston. So there was like that aspect to it, too. Did you ever think about it that way?
1: Uh, I appreciate that. That's good to hear. Uh, I think after grandma's, I I did kind of connect the two in my own mind where it was like, this is, this feels kind of validating for Boston. Um, and yeah, I think, I don't know, it's easy. I'm the type where it's easy to kind of downplay, uh, whatever I did do and think, yeah, like it was a hundred percent the weather that day, but no, I mean, I did work hard. Like I raced well. Um, and what I have done, what I've gotten second in perfect conditions, absolutely not. <laughs> but like, I think it, it's just nice to have like another race that felt like it somewhat validated that.
0: Yeah. So at Grandma's, you really wanted to go under. Was it two twenty eight? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. 225 Two twenty five forty three. That's a big, big chunk off two twenty eight.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah. I I think the day before I talked to my coach and said, you know, there's a, it's forecasted to be tailwind and really nice temperature, um, and he I. I think this training block, probably more than any other, I have struggled to go pace and workouts where, um, I mean, I felt really good and, you know, he'll tell me whatever the, whatever the pace is. like, if it's the 400 split should be 74, I'm probably going to be 71, 72. And like, it's not that much faster, but it's enough that I wasn't like that in college. I haven't been like that in the past, but this training block, I think it's, I haven't been forcing it. It's just, I've, it's kind of the opposite where I've been going off of effort and the paces have just been faster. Um, so knowing that going into grandma's, I think he really wanted me to not do that, which made sense. Like don't go blow it in the first half. And then, you know, I, I put a lot into this race and, and he didn't want to see me waste it. So he was very adamant that I don't go out fast. Um, but the the night before the race, he, we decided it was good enough conditions that if they were a little bit faster than goal pace, like it's okay to go with them for a while. So
0: and you did because when you decided to drop back a little bit, weren't they on pace for like two twenty three, two twenty four?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, exactly, like high two twenty threes or something. Yeah, we were. I don't even remember now. I know we were. Yeah, five twenty six through the first mile. And actually, this is funny. It's, I do think that the picture of us all laughing. I wonder if it was by the first mile mark because um right as we came up to the 1 mile marker um we kind of and Dakota I felt like was kind of leading us. Um there's a pack of four of us and um the last I don't know 50 yards before the the 1 mile mark we slowed down a little bit and um we hit the 1 mile in 526 and Dakota said something like, yes, like that's, I made a bet that, um, with my teammate, that if we, they thought we would, that I would go out faster than 525. So see, like I made it 526, (laughs) I think we were probably laughing at that. Um, but yeah, we definitely, um, went out a little fast, um, but it felt really, it still felt really easy. So I went with it for, um, until the first water station at mile three and had a little bit of trouble finding my bottle. I mean, it probably took me like a second and a half. It wasn't like a big deal, but it was enough that um, when I started running, there was a little bit of a gap between me and the other three. Um, And I decided not to close it, but kind of just try to settle in more. And if they came back to me, then great. And if they pulled ahead, which is what they did, then I just try to focus on running my own race. Uh, And I think the conditions made it very conducive to that. That's one difference in the trials where since it was so windy at the trials, I wonder if mm-hmm. uh, that's my only uh, regret from the trials to some degree is running in a pack and headwind is so much more helpful than if, if there's a tailwind, then it's mentally nice to be with people, but it's not that big a deal.
0: At grandma's, you end up getting second place, which is awesome. Your goal was, was it to podium?
1: Yeah, and I, and I did. I mean, the winning is like always in the back sure. of your mind or something. But and I kind of told myself, like, if if I'm in a position where I can, then I want to, like, go for it. Um, and I mean, Dakota was really strong. So uh, she definitely deserved it.
0: Yeah. Um. So you also just moved, right? Yeah.
1: So we're kind of in the middle of right now. We've been in Arizona for five years. Um, I came up to Utah in the middle of this training block to um i've been with my parents um long story short short, my husband's graduating residency and so we're going we're moving to massachusetts massachusetts yeah
0: oh wow that's a big move
1: yeah it is so we're uh, likely for a year um, my husband's doing a fellowship out there so yeah Basically, I've been between Arizona and Utah for this training block, and then at the end of this month, we're moving to Massachusetts. So
0: wow, okay, yeah, because I saw you mentioned you'd been training with Diane New Curry, and yeah. that's so. Were you in Flagstaff for a stint there?
1: Uh, that was actually uh, November, December-ish. That okay. um, right as I was starting to ramp up mileage, that um, she was in Tucson.
0: Oh Tucson. Okay, so you're in Tucson. You went to Utah. That's where your family is, and now you guys are moving to Mass.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Wow. What is um? What is your husband's uh specialty, or what does he focus on with with medicine?
1: Uh, so he's orthopedics, okay. and he's doing a fellowship.
0: Okay. I asked that in the weirdest way. How should I have asked that?
1: Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It made sense. What
0: do you What do you say though? <laughs> What's his um? I don't know.
1: Specialty. Spe- or, yeah.
0: <laughs> As it was coming out, I was like, this is weird and awkward how I'm saying this. Yeah. Um, Do you know like what part of Massachusetts you'll be in? Worcester.
1: or Shrewsbury specifically, but yeah, Worcester. So like I think 40 minutes west of Boston. Okay.
0: All right. Well, I mean, you're going to have to do Boston then because you have such easy you know? access to the course.
1: Exactly. I think we're like, yeah, probably 20 minutes from the start line. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be way too easy to just hop on the course and get some good practice in exactly. Hey friends. Thanks so much to gooder for supporting this podcast. If you're looking for a great pair of sunglasses to run in, run your errands in, ride your bike in, live your life in go to gooder.com and use the code another 15, and that'll get you 15% off your first order. They have the most fun styles. You do not want to miss out. My favorite are the aviator shades. Thank you so much, Gooder, for supporting this episode of the podcast. And now back to the show. So tell us about having Emory, your you know, postpartum and what that looked like. What did your pregnancy look like? Did you feel good? Did you run through it?
1: Yeah. So I um, overall had a great pregnancy. Um, I felt super sick for 16 mm-hmm. weeks, but I wasn't throwing up. I could run. Um I felt like no matter if I was running or laying down, I felt the same. Like I always felt nauseous. Um, but it's the worst. It, yeah. So I kind of felt depressed about it, but as far as like what people go through in pregnancy, it was nothing. <laughs> like sure. I could eat. I didn't want to eat, but I could eat. So, so I did run. Um, I kept doing some workouts basically through like 16 to 20 weeks and Just made sure I I read everything I could, made sure that um, I wasn't going to hurt my baby. um, And that was my main focus was keeping my baby healthy. Um, So I knew not to overheat was the big thing um, and obviously hydration, nutrition. um, And I felt really like relatively fine, probably through like 20 to 24 weeks And then as I started to get like bigger, um, running became really uncomfortable and, um, I continued running, uh, to not do that. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of felt like, you know, I had plenty of friends who've run their whole pregnancies and I just figured, you know, it's not supposed to feel good. Like this is normal. And, um, I knew in every OB appointment I'd ask my OBGYN, like, is this okay? He's like, yeah, that's fine. doesn't do whatever you want. Like, yeah, you're sore. That's normal. Like, and not putting any of the blame on him. Like it's, I'm the, I'm the one who's like doing it, but I did continue running, um, to the end of my pregnancy. I cut way back. Like my mileage by the end was probably less than 30 miles a week. Like, I don't know, somewhere in the twenties. Um, but even then, like it was very uncomfortable and I blamed it on round ligament pain. Um, that seemed to make sense to me. Um, I figured like once I have this bowling ball out of me, it's going to feel better. And it did not. (laughs) Once I had Emory, like I started running, I went for some really easy walks in the first week and that felt great. And on one of the walks I was, uh, my mom had come to visit and was watching Emery, and so I went out for a walk, and I kind of thought, like, I wonder if I can run, and so I started running, and like there was, and this was like six days after she was born, and I st- and it was a it was a super slow run, but I ran like seven miles. Oh my gosh, and, seven and there was miles. No, I mean, I had a very a traumatic delivery. Like it was, I knew. Because when I, I did talk about this in in one article with, um, I think with was Runners World, and there was some pretty strong feedback from people saying Aww. like, and I understand it, but just saying that, um, you know, this is totally dangerous. She could have hemorrhaged. She could have like, my uterus was not going to fall out. Yeah. Like, I had a fine delivery. It wasn't smart in terms of recovering in a timely manner but it also wasn't nothing horrific was going to happen but what did happen um is I just wasn't giving myself the time to really recover so I kind of continued a pattern for several months where I'd go on a run at probably eight to nine minute pace just, just totally flat um anywhere from like 30 to 60 minutes I'd do that like once or twice a week and in my mind i and i felt exactly like i did when i was pregnant no worse no better just like still the same kind of discomfort um and i kind of figured you know if i if i don't pick it up if i don't do anything fast if i don't increase i'm basically just maintaining a little bit of the mechanics of running so that then when I start ramping up, like I'll have a little bit of a base and I'll be less likely to get injured. Um, and I kind of continue that pattern for, I don't know, four to six months. And I got, I was super frustrated because I, things were not really improving. It was kind of like my lower abdomen, um, where it attaches to the pelvis, um, was just really uncomfortable. And I finally started, I'm, uh, Contacted Sarah Tanza. Um, mm-hmm. She's worked with. She's a pelvic floor PT mm-hmm. that's worked with a lot of runners, and um, she gave me some exercises that was really helpful. And she also uh, gave me some suggestions for what I cut back to. And I don't even remember the specifics, of, but it was just helpful to hear from someone else like that. I should cut back at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't real. I wasn't working with my coach at that point because. I kind of figured, you know, if, if I can't, he's. I don't know. I'm. I'm not very good at being coachable when I am uh, not healthy because I only like to ask him what I should do when I know when I can tell him. Oh, I feel good, so give me a good workout. I don't like to ask him. You know, tell me I should not run today. <laughs> like, I can tell myself that. <laughs> I don't know.
0: You know, I I find it so interesting that you, what you mentioned about that article and you know people responding because it's like even if you're like a little bit in the public eye I feel like everything that you do is open to be under scrutiny of everybody else and then you feel this like pressure that you have an example to set and all those things does that ever affect you like was that hard for you
1: yeah for sure and especially yeah with that article I think um at first it bothered me a fair amount that there was, I mean there, it was overwhelmingly negative feedback. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a couple of comments. It was like, you know, she's a healthcare provider. Like this is dangerous. She's setting example. The other moms are going to feel like they should follow. And my intentions were completely the opposite where it was like, I did a dumb thing. And sure. It was not a horrifically dangerous thing, but it was kind of dumb. And if I had read an article about someone else doing this dumb thing and regretting it, maybe I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> so yeah. I felt like um, it's a lot easier to learn from people's mistakes um, sometimes than it is to learn from like their perfect successes. So I kind of, I just wanted to be open and honest and say, you know, this is, this is how I went about it. And it took me a really long time to recover because of that. And I don't know, it's just, it is interesting because I think that, the moms of social media were the and I don't I'm not to group everyone into that I'm I'm a mom I'm on social media but (laughs) it was all moms on social media who were um very offended by it Mm -hmm. and I think that it just kind of speaks to like taking a step back to understand like someone's intents and, and I don't know, it, it was very interesting because I, I honestly did not expect it. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Yeah. I mean, well, something that social media is lacking in general is like the art of grace and, you know, yeah. being open-minded about why other people decide to do what they do. And I mean, on a much smaller scale, I remember after my third, he was born on October 27th and Halloween was October 31st and I and I was like, oh, I'm fine. Like we can walk like three miles like I can wear him like I can do all these things. And I'm chasing around my big two as well. And I remember getting home and then the next day I was like bleeding much more than I had been. And I was just like, that was like not smart of me at all. Like I just something in us says like, why? Why not? Like I can do it. It'll be fine. Like I can be an exception. And. Um, I think that, like those thoughts in our heads, like when people are reading articles, like they don't, they're not thinking like what you were thinking about in those moments. And um, I think that that's one thing that's really hard about living so like in front of people. And so I'm sure that article was really challenging for you.
1: Yeah. No. Thanks. That's that's good to hear that you all, you had a similar experience because yeah, I in retrospect and like that really was. I don't know why didn't I just chill out for a few days but I think it's uh. so
0: normal too with new moms I mean I and after my fourth I was like carrying kids around like why were you carrying kids around two days after you gave birth like I should I knew yeah. I shouldn't have been doing it but I was doing it anyway and that's not to say I'm advocating other people carry their kids around two days and you're not advocating to go run seven miles but um yeah I mean it's just like sometimes people need to like mind their own
1: yeah I also need to grow thicker skin. So it was
0: good, good for that. Oh, for sure. For sure. So when did you start, after, you know, you talked to Sarah, you, you get some things in place, you back off, which is great to hear that like you even you needed that validation, like this would be good for you. I mean, I think sometimes we all need that little nudge, like maybe a few months back, taking a step back would be better. But when did things start feeling like, I'm strong again. I want to work with my coach again. And your body was feeling you again.
1: Yeah. So um, right around like, I'd say 10 months, I started to feel like significantly better. Um, It still was not back to normal. And by a year is, I'd say I was like 95%. And that's when I was back doing higher mileage and workouts. And I kind of did some the workouts, um, like I did some fart looks with Diane Mm. and some tempos and that in like November, December. So at about 10 to 11 months. And I think that was honestly super helpful to do, to do workouts where we didn't care about the pace. We just went completely off of effort. And then when I did get into more structured workouts, they went a lot better.
0: And is that around the time that 10, 11 months when you started working with your coach, um, Paul again?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Remind so, actually, me your relationship with Paul. Was he like your college coach?
1: Yeah, exactly. He's my college coach and he's coached me since um, I've been like, yeah, when I'm injured, I kind of do my own thing. And it's not because he doesn't want to coach me. It's because I just kind of like, what's again, the point? Exactly. I can tell myself not to run. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't always do it. So it would probably be good to work with, to, to get coaching, to be told that. Um, but yeah, it was around, yeah, like 11 months, I think.
0: And um, are you, like, the only pro runner he coaches? Um,
1: At the moment, yes. Uh, Taylor Ward, he coaches her. So she's my college teammate. Okay. Um, She is coming back from a very long, frustrating injury. Mm -hmm. But she is healthy and she's going to be – I'm sure she's going to be really strong. So she – so he coaches her. And then Billy Hatch, uh, she still has college eligibility. So she's – she ran grandma's.
0: Oh, she did. What did she place?
1: Uh, she was two forty three. I don't remember. I should remember the place. She and she, she. I mean, she did great. That's her first marathon. She. I trained a lot with her while I was in Utah, and she's super strong. And and two forty three is a great debut. I also know that she is. She's capable of. She's definitely going to have a big PR off of that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So when you were going through the post baby, like ha- taking what probably felt like forever to feel strong again what was your mental state and process and did you have postpartum anxiety or depression at all
1: I don't think any I was ever at like a pathologic point of like you know I think we all have varying degrees of depression anxiety I think I was using running definitely as coping and that's that's probably why I ran seven miles when I didn't need to and <laughs> had a hard time backing totally. off. Um, I think that like in the months following is I started to like get a little bit of sleep and on the one hand, like loved being a mom, like be- definitely more than I ever imagined. Mm-hmm. Best thing in the world. Um, running wise, I was super frustrated. I, I don't know. I want, I want more kids and I also want to run for fast marathons. So in my mind, there's such limited time because if you plan on being pregnant multiple multiple times, and each pregnancy plus the recovery is like a two-year block, then totally if you're wasting time, like like it just felt like I was wasting this short window, and I think it was yeah, it part of it was just physiologic where it took maybe my body just needed that long to really recover. Um but I think part of it was mental where once I finally Sarah started helping me and I started really backing off. I actually got pretty into road biking for a few months and I don't know if I ran at all for a couple months. Um
0: once I finally let go and
1: just backed off then things started turning around.
0: I think it's harder after your first baby too to let go of that passion so much not that you have to give up running but just like to know like my body needs this break I have to rest it because that's all you've ever known right like that's all you you've always had that you never had this like thing in your way your body stopping you from doing what you love and so um I I do think you know, as a non-professional runner, but a runner that has lots of kids, like the more kids I had, the easier time I had being like, it's okay to take my time coming back. And, um, yeah, I just think of that first baby, it's really hard to get your head around it.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's really good to hear. So next time, maybe I'll be smarter and second go around, like it'll go better. And I
0: I get it though. I mean, that's like such a, that's like the, one of the biggest things as a female athlete, like, you're in your 30s and you want to or when you're close to your 30s and you want to have multiple babies but you have this like big dream and 2 years is a huge chunk of time.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's and I should also back to your question about um, Paul coaching other athletes. Um he also coaches um, Lexi Thompson and she um she's ex- she's in great shape. She's um, run a 230 marathon and um and she's expecting her first. So I just talked oh. to her the other day and I tried to yeah, just share my my dumb mistakes and like I think give yourself time and it's so it's so trite and I'm it's annoying how cliche it is but it's
0: unfortunately true yeah no but I think people need to hear that so the move is soon like when is the move
1: yeah so uh the end of this month so we're kind of right in the middle of trying to get everything ready to go across country
0: so then this is great timing because you finish the marathon, you're probably giving yourself some time to like chill for a little bit anyway. Do you think you'll run a fall marathon?
1: Yeah, I'm kind of in the middle of trying to decide that. Um I, on the one hand, would like to capitalize on if I am healthy and fit and able to turn around. It also, yeah, like I'm starting a new job and out in Massachusetts and it's going to be pretty different from what I was. I mean, I'm still a nurse anesthetist, like, uh, but it's going to be very different patient population, different settings. So between moving and starting that, I'm kind of trying to yeah, figure out if I can make a fall on work.
0: Gosh, that's a lot. So tell me about work and like your childcare situation and what all that looks like now. And I'm assuming you're moving away from family. So that adds another layer.
1: Yeah. So um, in Tucson, when I was training um, and working, I had the best babysitter, um, Alison Richter. She She's a runner. She's run uh 50 states she's run a marathon in all 50 states and oh cool um she's a teacher and just left teaching to go to nursing school and is now a nurse anyways she's the best and she was yeah she watched Emory while i would run and work in tucson and then actually for about half of my training block for grandma's um i was in utah and i wasn't working and okay so that yeah, I had family around, and that made it super easy. And then uh, Massachusetts, um, I'm just now figuring out. Hired someone. I'm I'm really excited for her. She seems super sweet. So um, that's definitely my highest priority is making sure I have a good situation for Emery for
0: work and running. What will the hours and days be
1: like? So I'm just planning on working At- twice a week. Um, so it'll be like. And they're pretty short shifts. They're like seven to three, seven to four. Um, oh, nice. So yeah, because I, I love being with Emery. I love being a mom. And I figure if if I want to work more later, I will. But right now, I'm kind of trying to revert from my former lifestyle of like trying to fit everything in and I don't know, chill out and enjoy being a mom.
0: It sounds really awesome. Because I was thinking you would have to do two twelves, and I was like oh gosh I mean even though that's 24 hours it's like you really can't run on those days unless you're like really really going after it I mean that's a really long day on your feet
1: yeah yeah so I think like I am super fortunate that um it's yeah I found a situation that I hopefully will allow both
0: it's so good too not everybody wants it that way but when you can balance it that way I know people are like balance doesn't exist I'm like well you know what Sometimes it kind (laughs) of can. I just like, man, two days a week, seven to three. It's like you're getting to practice what you spent so much of your life working for and also giving yourself space and time away from motherhood. Um, And then you get that when you run too. But like, I, I really feel like that just sounds like such a beautiful distribution of your time and energy.
1: Yeah, no, I like how you say like, it's like, yeah, balance doesn't ever you're never going to be like feel like you're perfectly everything is zen at least i'm not but i think yeah prioritizing what what you want to spend your time on at the moment and, and there's different seasons of life and sometimes it's a season for trying to cram in as much as you can and like other times just take a step back and enjoy i did not love being pregnant i felt sick a lot so i kind of feel like this entitlement where like I'm going to enjoy this cute baby <laughs> that I worked
0: hard for. Is she sleeping through the night and everything?
1: Yeah, she's great. She's she's a great sleeper and um, super happy and fun.
0: You're in a really good phase because I remember when I had one and from about like one to two and a half or so, it was just like, put him to bed at seven. Yeah. Don't hear from him again until seven. This is amazing. It is. It is amazing.
1: And I've also it's loved a like, I want more, but, it, but right now it's, it is really fun to just focus on one and not, I don't know. I'm sure there'll, there'll be fun aspects. I'm sure down the road with later stages, but it's, yeah, it's really fun right now.
0: Oh, it's awesome. Are you nervous to move away from family? I mean, how far were you when you were in Tucson to Utah? How far is that?
1: Uh, so we were about 12 hours away. Um, oh, but not as far, but still far. Yeah. So. I am. I'm pretty nervous about that. I think that, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a huge transition, especially training for grandmas where I had so much support, um, to being in a new place, new job. And, and my, my husband's going to be super busy with his fellowship. So, I mean, it's nothing, everyone's life is busy, but, um, again, it's just a matter of deciding like, where do I want to spend my time? And, if if I can capitalize on my fitness and you know get and train for a fall marathon, that'd be great. But I'm also trying to tell myself, you know, if it's if it's a, feels a little bit crazy, then I'm just not going to worry about it. And I don't know, there there will be plenty of seasons for that. I think.
0: I think so too. Do you know anybody that lives there?
1: Uh, yes, uh, so our friends are actually just moving from there. So. We're kind of, we're basically taking over their lives. We are (laughs) moving into their apartment complex. We're taking some of their furniture. So they're just handing off their lives to us.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Why are they moving away? Uh,
1: So they just did the fellowship a year before my husband. So.
0: Okay. So likely you'll probably only be there for a year. It just all matters like where he's takes a job once it's over. Yeah. And we're hoping to come back to Utah. um, Okay.
1: But we'll see. It's. I'm I'm open to different options so
0: wrapping your head around a year is is good. It's like not a definite it's not a like long term definite.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's it it seems really short. I'm like, oh we'll only do one Christmas there, one like one of each thing there. Do you think you'll go home for Christmas though? I, I was thinking about that this morning. I kinda don't think so. I I want to just like be in in Boston area and just like enjoy just live life there. And especially if we're going to come back to Utah long-term, like right, just be there, be there for a year.
0: Um, well, awesome. I'm so happy for you. I was so happy when I saw those results at grandma's. I was like, Sarah sellers had herself a day and it's been like a long time in the making. So congratulations.
1: Thank you. And it's all, you're, you're so upbeat. It's so fun to talk to you. Thank you.
0: All right, friends, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Sarah, for sharing your story. Best of luck with your move. I hope you all are enjoying this three-part series. I hope you're enjoying your week. I also just hope you have time to get to all these episodes, four episodes in one week. You can find me. I would love to connect with you on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626, lindsayhine on Twitter, and we'd love to have you join our Facebook group. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. To learn more about this podcast, go to sandyboyproductions.com. We have a great new show in the network called Ready to Run. And if you are a runner, I highly recommend checking it out. Thanks for being here and we will see you tomorrow.